Before you skip this intro, this is not the usual podcast. This used to be called Bike Radio, but we were getting a little too off just the bike topics. So this is a refocused, redialed Evoke Bike podcast with Josh and Brendan. And hopefully you enjoy it. We're two Cat One cyclists talking about bike racing. In this episode, we talk about Josh's saddle sore, how to do big Zwift rides, roller crashes, my Rochester indoor training rides, and why it broke me, and then more into training. Uh, there is a story time in there about me coming, why I'm in North Carolina now, so feel free to skip that if you don't want to hear it. We talk about what does it mean when you don't have pop on an endurance day? Spoiler alert. You don't need pop on those days. Uh, we also talk about apologizing to your coach. You don't need to do that either. How do you choose your races? This was a good cat for a question in there. Using races to train. What to do if you skipped base work and you're about to start racing. And a couple comments on cycling in general. Hopefully this quick overview gives you a sense if you want to listen to it. No, I do not have chapters marked out in the podcast but you can easily skip around and find what you need. Hit us up with questions, josh at evoke.bike, that's E-V-O-Q, and brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, at E-V-O-Q dot B-I-K-E. Check out our blog if you haven't been there, evoke.bike, and you're obviously listening to the podcast, YouTube videos. We're kind of trying to be all over the place, help you out as much as possible. That's the main goal of this business to put out content for amateur cyclists to get faster. And if you race, we do also and crush your events. Now onto the show. So it's been a while and I think we're going to go through a little rebranding, a little more focus after we had sort of labeled this as the casual pants, pants, pantalones podcast. I think we need to dial it in. So I have a ton of topics, but let me ask you first, do you have anything hot and pressing that you want to talk about? Actually, I do, man. I think I'm getting a little bit of a saddle sore. Uh-oh. Do, you have any, do you have any saddle sore remedies? Mm-hmm. So I think you're smart to catch, try to catch it early. And well, what have you done for it so far? Uh, nothing. I just felt it on the end of the ride today. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh. Yeah, that's why I think I'm going to bail on the recovery ride tomorrow and just not ride. That's why. I, that's one reason why I don't ride every day because Gooch Mania likes a break. It is amazing how fast your skin heals up, or even if you put on some Neosporin down there, just some some lubricant. I think that a really th- a thing that helps that I've noticed is taking a hot washcloth and sort of soaking it a little bit. You don't have to be there for a long time seven to 12 minutes like play a couple songs on your phone and be done with it and do it again it seems to like because you know you know when before it almost becomes a saddle sore it's like that clogged pore or it almost feels like like a clogged like vessel it's like and i notice when you warm it up and you kind of can push around there um i had always thought this was a no-no but i had a sty years ago after a race i got all this it actually was a bear mountain got a ton of crap in my eye it we were salty dirty like it never got washed out until i got home in the shower seven hours later or whatever sty next day and the optometrist was like well you know you want to heat that up and then like work it out 
And I was like, I thought that was a no, no. They're like, well, that's more like a pimple thing. This type of thing. You really want to like clear it out. And so I had sort of taken the same thing for a saddle sore. It has helped like nip anything in the bud. I also think the chamois cream that I use is really good for that. I've always used sort of like an antibacterial type cream and you can use that after the ride if you want also. Uh, so I, but really that's my go-to. If I like feel something funny, warm it up, massage around there to like, just keep things like flowing normally. Cause usually it's like something like a pores clogged or something's going on. And so I would definitely try that. Good call, man. Yeah. I'll take like another shower later this afternoon. Do you, you other almost thing? don't eat, you don't even have to like, Oh really? Pants off. Cause they're going to get wet. Go to the sink. Now when you start warm and then that's like you know your body gets used to it eventually like it's pretty you can put like don't burn yourself but you can put like pretty warm water on there and uh you know get it hot get it warm i don't want to say hot so somebody like if you burn yourself this is on you anybody listening get it warm ring it out like hold it down there and i just kind of like put my foot up on the counter so it's definitely kind of like you're almost shooting a porn video or something like it's it's definitely looking weird lucy might not want to walk in here but um, because you know you're like basically naked and you've got this thing. I'll lock the uh, I'll lock the bathroom door. Yeah, then it's then it's even weirder because like, what are you doing in there? It's like nothing, <laughs> nothing. So yeah, and then I just play a couple songs or listen to a podcast, and that has really helped. And then I'll either put on chamois cream or I'll put on neosporin. Or I've actually had which I'm trying to think of what I had. I have pretty bad skin. And my skin started to get, uh, it wasn't eczema. But anyways, I had this like cream that they gave. It was more of a gel. Um, And it was actually when I think, I think it was when I moved to um, Tennessee. And like the change of climates, my skin freaks out. It's really weird. So anyways, I had that and I'll just put on like an ointment. So if somebody has like a random cream, I say throw it. Again, not a doctor, throw it on there. Um, Be careful though, like, you know, if it's something that goes on your arm, you might not want to be putting it down there. Uh, so actually that's a bad tip. Don't put random ointments down there. That could not be good. You know, I've had success before. I haven't had one in a while, you know, luckily, but when things have started to feel weird, just, and I, I think I mentioned this before, going commando not wearing any underwear and kind of letting it breathe a little bit. I think that helps. So hair dryer after the shower, after every time for me is huge i can't even like if i have to go somewhere and can't hair dry it feels weird now i'm like i'll gotta be like bone dry but um yeah i think too probably now that you're zwifting a lot it might be leading to something dude when i get off when i get off the bike i am soaking wet like just everything is disgusting it goes immediately in the washer Mm -hmm. yeah it I was making puddles outside in Memphis. Speaking of, is it so we good with that? Yeah. Zwift, you've been crushing big Zwift rides. R- riding a lot on Zwift, man. Yeah. And and I've had some people comment, there's some friends of mine, like, how are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I it gets better over time. You know, I didn't start off doing four hour rides. You know, you find what works for you you know, music, TV, and this, like we've talked about this, the setup, the, having the setup is like huge, you know, 
like, describe that though because when I, when people said having the setup i thought that meant like how you have stuff set up but it's more having the permanent setup having permanent the setup, zwift yeah. dojo so i have obviously my trainer the bike on it next to me i have like a little side table with all my gels and bars all ready to go mm-hmm. i have the fan in front of me on a remote which is clutch so i can just turn it on i get on the bike and i can turn the fan on it goes to the highest amount which also i really like because i have everything set up in my garage so it's like super cold what time so um mm, like usually i say super cold it's like around 50 that's is, pretty cool like, that's pretty chilly yeah um and, and, but it so i start it starts off really cold and then i'll have a, i wear a long sleeve jersey and then i'll keep the fan off and then as I start to get into the ride, the jersey comes off, the fan comes on, and it's like perfect. The bibs um, come off, and you're my... basically doing the saddle sore technique that we just talked about. You're like, good to go. Don't you have to go to the yeah, bathroom? Could... I've trained myself to take the bibs off while riding. It took a while. Um, and then I got the computer on the table in front of me. I got the TV there with Netflix, you know, everything. Um, Is this yeah, so you're watching kind of... movies? Sometimes. I jump around. Like, I'll usually start off. I'll go with just music as long as I can. I know some people do nothing. I've, I don't like doing just nothing. Like some people are like, I'm just in the zone. I listen to music. Um, and then when that becomes too much, maybe I'll go to a podcast. Maybe I'll go to a movie. I mix it up. And then I'll go back to music. Yeah. And you're on Zwift. But you're watching Zwift, right? So I have Zwift on the computer. Some people put it on the big screen. I like to have Zwift be small, just on my computer. Mm-hmm. And then the TV like has the movie on it or whatever. Or, you know, usually it's, sometimes it's a movie. More often it's like a race. I watch like an old race or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. I need a dojo. So I yeah. almost rode as long as you yesterday. You did four hours. I did 40 minutes. And <laughs> I stopped after 20 minutes. And the, so, okay, my problems. Number one, the temperature was great. It was 60. And I was in the unfinished basement. That's the other problem. This is a very temporary situation because I think next week or maybe this week, they're going to start working down there and I will be evacuated. So I had the temperature right. I had the fan going. I had the little screen, which is definitely bad. I was watching Strada Bianchi. So I was somewhat stimulated and I just kept saying, just keep riding. What else are you going to do? You're going to go watch this and you won't be riding. And then I wanted to stand and stand. I haven't ridden the rollers in a long time. Stand on the rollers is like a little funny. So I did it a couple of times. Then I was like, okay, I got this third one. Boom. Rode off the roller. So I was like, eh, okay, you got to pay attention to that. And then I was riding. I'm like, man, this kind of sucks. I really don't like doing this. And so I got off, you know, relieved a little pressure from sitting there for the massive amount of 20 minutes. And I thought, maybe I'll just do it in 20-minute chunks. So I did some core, and I had my gravel bike on there with road tires. So I had the gravel shoes on, so I had I could walk. And now I'm on the concrete floor. So I did a couple of kettlebell swings. I'm like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to turn this into like a, a – uh, I was going to say Tough mutter, A little cross-training. And, and my goal was three hours. I said, I'm going to ride three hours today. This is I'm doing this. And then I got back on, and I was like, ah, oh, no, I'm not feeling this. And then I got off. And then I got back on and I did 40 minutes and I was like, mm, okay, I hate this. So the weird thing is I think that the 17 hour drive the day before just really broke me more than I had given credit for. Cause I was Chris FaceTime me later and I was like, whoa, I look 
dead. He's like, you don't, are you okay? You look exhausted. And I, my, my eyes were dark and it was not a good look. So, and I, you know, I'm at 4,000 feet now. So from zero to 4,000, I think I'm sensitive to altitude. Like my body does not like changing environments, which is hilarious because that's what I do all the time, but it does not agree with that. So I think I'm just in a weird rut. I'm looking outside at dry roads. It's really cold, but I'm going to drive four, 3,000 feet down off the mountain and go ride in Happy Valley, North Carolina. Fingers crossed. Hope that, and the cherry on top I think might be happening is I had a rest week last week and was just getting back rolling, and then this all happened. And I just think my body's in a weird place. So that was part of the lack of motivation for my, I, I just missed that three hour mark. I mean, just two hours and 20 minutes more, I would have been there. <laughs> yeah. But dude, so, but, but riding or riding, driving for 17 hours is like a, that's like a ton of concentration. And then you're riding the rollers inside. Like that's just like really mentally fatiguing. Dude, the concentration, the, the ro- I was like, wow, this is harder than I remember. And I even nudged it up next to, which was kind of sketchy, the cement wall, but I like something that I can at least touch. I don't like riding the rollers with nothing there. I always watch these videos of people. I'm like, no wonder you're going to crash. You have nothing to reach. Kudos to like the little kids in Belgium that are just like, look at me on the rollers. Hop on, hop on. Like, that's why these people are better at bikes than us. That, that, you know, rollers. And I rode them a lot towards the end of my, how long was I in Rochester? Till, so 2016 winter I was there but I was cracking hard that winter. I think that was the winter that I only rode in our max. So let's say nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, seven years of basement riding for a very long time. The last, I want to say two or three were rollers. And I got up good enough that I was almost able to do like VO2 stuff on it. People are like, you are going way too hard on these things. I'm like, I'm not flying off, but I was definitely doing over 420 watts. I was doing some FTP tests on them. Like I was really good at riding them. As long as I had this pole next to me that like when things got squirrely, I was like, whoa, and like grabbed on. Um, and they got to a point when I was hammering, I actually started putting on a helmet because it had cement floors. My friend was like, what if you, you live alone? That you could be in trouble. I'm like, never really thought about that. And so somebody made fun of me. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'd rather, if I crash on the rollers and a helmet saves me, that'll be a way cooler story than I'm in the hospital because my head just cracked open on the cement floor. I mean, some of these roller spills are not good. They're very bad. So, dude, that's hardcore, man. That's yeah, with the helmet on, like just getting the work done. Just getting, just crushing. Jason was, what? Where are you riding? I was like, in my basement. He's like, okay. So, why did you choose? It sounds like you got to rollers at the end there, but why did you choose rollers over a train? I was cracking, dude. I just couldn't stare at the wall anymore. I had watched every Law and Order possible. It was watching movies. You know, I didn't have a big screen, so I was also doing this on laptops. It was, and people who are doing Zwift now are probably like, this is the dumbest thing ever, but it was just, I should have maybe got, I should have made a dojo, but it was, I just, I hate, and for, I don't like riding inside. The only reason I did it was for racing. And the biggest motivator was as social media got bigger and I started following more racers outside of Rochester, you know, you start in this little community, we're talking non-internet. Well, there's internet. We're talking non-Instagram, like Facebook was you and your friends from college, you know, it wasn't what social media was today. So you follow all these other people who in winter, when it was crappy out, there was no Strava. 
but you would hear people talking about they'd go skiing, they'd do whatever. So if you rode the rollers for an hour and a half, that was badass. So then I started thinking, well, what if I ride three hours, four hours? I did, I think, one five-hour ride. And it was because I had, I forget what month it was. I was convinced I was riding. I was eating breakfast in the dark at, I want to say, five in the morning or something, getting ready for this ride. Didn't realize that the roads were not clear. It, it, I remember being, I took my bike out to the road. I used to walk. So anyone that lives in upstate New York or in a snowy place, these side roads all are covered in snow. So you walk your bike to the main roads where they're clear enough to ride. I walked to the corner. It's covered in snow. And I was, uh, it was like a kid who just had Christmas taken away. And I was like, I'm freaking right inside. Screw this. So I went downstairs and just banged out five hours. I think it took me six and a half hours because I was taking breaks. I was, it was like, I'm tapping out. I tap back in. It was horrible. So, and then Cameron Cogburn did one and Jonathan Vauders saw it and I, and I was just like, okay, other people are doing this. I'm going to try and just keep going. And then it got to the point when, you know, I think a big transition was when I went back to school and I didn't race that year in 2014. I lost, just, I was, I lost that juice there was no none of that i'd ride for 90 minutes and then i started racing the next year because i realized i could make enough time and um there's always a way to make it happen you know and i went into school thinking there's no way i'm going to go to from work i'm going from work to school two nights a week i have group meetings and homework to do there's no way i'm going to be able to train and that was really kind of bs there was ways to make it happen lunch breaks super early morning a couple more hours on the weekend could have trained consistently eight hours and instead I just rode. I kind of regret that, but at the same time, maybe it was just a serendipitous mental break that I needed. Exactly. dude. I, I think about that, you know, like sometimes when I've taken time off and I'm like, maybe I needed that to get to where I am now where I'm motivated, you know, like that time off put me in a headspace where I am now. Mm -hmm. You don't know for sure. You never know. But anyways, my brother-in-law, who lives 90 miles away from me here in North Carolina, bought a trainer two or three years ago. I think attacks Neo. He was deciding between whatever the two good ones were at that time. He's going to take it because he doesn't really ride it. Now I'm looking around and we don't have a TV here yet, which I thought we did. Chris is bringing a screen. So I might, might, might set up a Zwift account again and just well, dabble. Instead of the TV, how about do you have, do you have an iPad? No. Yeah, I mean, I have an iPad, but it's too old to work. But you can do that, too. You can run it on the iPad. I have an iPhone. You could run Zwift on the phone. Not I can run it on my computer. I'm going to do it on my computer. Yeah, but I'm saying then you could watch something on the computer. Then you wouldn't need the screen. Maybe I'll take Chris's computer. You could do that, too. Yeah. So, anyways. Maybe... Is... Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say it's nice to, if Zwift, I've done it on my phone before, and it kind of takes, like, I find it very engaging. Zwift is what makes me able to go for four hours. If it's small though, and like you can't really see what's going on. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want a dojo, and I don't know where I'm going to do it. Dojo is not happening anywhere in the house. Dojo. I also don't want. I just. We. I don't want that either. Chris doesn't want it. I don't want it. The downstairs, though, they're going to be building out the bike room. I guess I could do it in the garage. It would get, but it's not going to be permanent. There's a little bike room, but it's through the garage and its own little room that I have, but it's concrete walls. So I actually don't even know if the internet would go there. 
So that's my other thing where I'm going to set all this crap up that it will actually work. I have to look if there's even plugs in there. So there's still some work to do on that, but I'm crossing my fingers that spring is almost here. I think I'm going to stay here. I think. And then I was also thinking, dude, go for hikes when it's crappy out or when it's too cold or raining, go hike that mountain. I did it once when it was really wet. I will be honest. It was not enjoyable, but it might be better than the trainer for me. I don't know. I, I think maybe if I got a little momentum with it and had a setup, but I'm not going to have the permanent bike there. I think that's a big, you know, people always say once you put the bike there and it's just there, it's so much better. Oh, for sure, man. That's, that's super nice, man. That's why like, there were some days when I could ride outside and I'm like, yeah, but do I want to get the bike off? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to drive down here, go on a new route, new route that Landry made. It's called Thug. It has, I think, 7,000 feet of climbing. Pretty pumped. See what happens. Well, dude, let's talk about, if you want to talk about it, how you ended up in, uh, in Boone now. Yeah, I'm not in Boone. Rock. I'm in Blowing Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. So, and I actually was going to tell you this before pre-camera, we'll say it on camera. All questions are valid. Sometimes you're like, hey, I was going to ask you that, but I didn't want to feel like I was intruding. You need Those are, that's <laughs> a, those are the questions that are going to make the podcast good. Because that's what other people are thinking. So, oh, dude, I got some deep, I got some deep personal stuff we can get into. I'm into it. I'm an open book. No, I'm just I don't got anything. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. We'll think of something. So, yeah. I mean, I posted some stuff on Instagram so people can skip ahead if they've already heard about this, but I really was going for, I was finishing my rest week, doing a sprint workout, coming into the last sprint. I really wanted to crush it. And I was actually waiting until I was coming up to the group ride, Cove ride, Florida group ride, Hammerfest finish line. So that I have a finish line to chase after. And so there's you know, I'm coming down this road as a straight shot and it's like just like a slight incline. And I start to want, you know, I start to hit it. And you know, you're, and this is actually something we could talk about the sprint coordination. Sometimes it just feels good. You are in the right gear. You can tell the cadence is money and you are just about to crank it. And I am thinking this is going to be, I had hit 1420 earlier. And I was like, ah, I'm going to crank 15 right now and just, I like pull on the bars and just get going. And I hear, and I'm like, that's, what is that? And the next thing I know, my foot does the fast spin and uh, I hear, and like the pedal is like skipping across the road. I'm like, what just happened? I look down and the crank. So like my right foot drops. So the pedal uh, crank arm is faced up and it's just sheared off. It's just like this sharp, jagged carbon. And I was like, whoa, okay, I need that pedal. So I hit the brakes. No cars are coming. I U turn. A car is coming. I'm like, hey, hang on a second. I like, and my brain's all confused. I'm like trying to pedal. There's no pedal there. I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking go over, grab the pedal. Thank you. Get off the side of the road. I'm like, oh, this is not fixable. And then that's when I decided. I'm going to pedal home and I start pedaling. Some guy's like, hey, man. And I'm like, yo, he's like, hang on a second. I got to take a picture of your frame bag. What frame bag? I'm like, dude, get out of here. And so I'm, (laughs) and he has a pizza frame bag on, which I actually was like, that's pretty badass. Why are you going to replace that? And he was embarrassed by it. He's like, this is the only one I could find that fit this bike. I'm like, this is a Relevate. And he caught up to me and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry to be a, I, I said, 
I don't know. We, we'll keep it clean. I don't want to be a loser. I didn't mean to be a loser and like ride away from you, but I just broke my crank and I'm just, I just got to keep rolling. He's like, Oh man, that sucks. That's horrible. I'm like, it is. So I stop. I talk to him for a second. He goes, he's like, well, I got to go to work. I'm like, good luck, man. And so I'm 20 miles away. I'm going 10 miles an hour. I decide I'm going to hitchhike. There's a lot of cars out there. No one is stopping. I start riding again. I look for a lift. It's going to be 80 bucks. Wait, no, I need XL. It's 120 bucks. I'm like, eh, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get home because of traffic. Screw it. I'm just going to embrace this and ride. One-legged pedaling is much more tiring into a headwind at 10 miles an hour than I would have bet. And I actually wasn't really feeling that great that day either. So that was not super enjoyable. And so I go back to the hitchhiking idea, still fail. Just ride home. You'll figure it out. And Chris had already left for Memphis. That's why I didn't get call him and get a ride. I called people that I knew nobody was around in the middle of the day on a Thursday. So I stopped for a rest. (laughs) This sucks. Okay, just keep going. So I started pedaling again and I see this Jeep watching me and I'm like, dear God, just pull over and give me a ride. Two seconds later, he's like, yo, man, what's going on? I'm like, I broke my crank. He's like, I'm going up to Hillsboro. Hillsboro would get me another 10 miles up the road. And I'm like, dude, if you'll take me, thank you. So he opens his trunk. It is filled with stuff. And I'm like, I realize I have a bike to bring. So he kind of like pushes stuff around. We pull these golf clubs out. I put put the, the wheel in first, which I was not super pumped about, but it was just, this was what was happening. I put the bike in. He's got the clubs and he's ready to toss it. I'm like, yo, dude, hold on a second. Let me, the bike, the crank's broken. Everything else is not broken. Oh, and I forgot the bike broke. So somehow when I ripped the crank off, it must have sheer felt went to the bike. I don't even know, but I was pedaling and I'm gonna have the bike shop look at it. It does not look like just paint. And that was the deciding factor of me not staying in racing. I would have gotten a crank and went race in Florida. And I was like, this is the last thing I need is to put a crank on this bike and have the chain stay actually be broken and end up in the hospital, like sprinting during the bike race, not even going to risk it. So then I'm thinking, okay. So anyways, I get in this guy's car and I'm like, where's my phone? And I reach in my pocket and grab my phone and I'm in the backseat. He's from Quebec city. His wife only speaks French and I'm put my hand in the pocket. I'm like, what? Oh my God. I felt like 50 gels explode. It was a puddle of gel. I pull my phone out. If you, if I gave you one gel, you could not coat this as good as I had done it in my pocket. Somehow it is like dripping off the phone. And I was like, Oh, I look back and luckily it was not on his seat. So now I've got this bottle in my back pocket. I'm in his seat and I'm trying to sit like this. so I don't get in his back seat. He's like, you could take your helmet off. And I'm like, dude, mm, okay. So we have a nice ride. It starts to rain. His wife is telling him in French, he's lucky he's not on his bike because it's raining. I'm thinking, well, it's, I mean, that's the least of my worries right now. We start talking. We have a great chat. He used to ride back in the day. And then we get to Hillsboro and it is pouring. And he's like, I can't let you out here. He's like, where do you live in Fort Lauderdale? I'm like, I'm on the northern side. He's like, so would I have to go past Las Olas? I'm like, you wouldn't even go through the city. You would be, get me to sunrise if that's what you're asking. I'll get off at sunrise. He's like, sold. 
So I'm like, yes, dude. Like he's gonna get me within two miles to the house. So we start to hit traffic, take a right on the side street. I get out, we're good to go. I start pedaling. Man, two miles, my my legs were getting tired. And I'm like, man, something's not right. Within that two miles, luckily I actually did flat, which was just the cherry on top. And so I get back, it's Thursday afternoon. I don't have a bike. I now no longer have a race. My new bike is in Knoxville. My bars for the bike, I think, are in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I have all the other bikes in North Carolina. So I'm like, and the only reason I don't have the back backup bike, and I jinxed myself two weeks ago. I said, man, I'm really lucky I've made it this whole time without this bike breaking because if something had happened, I wouldn't have a backup. But when I went down to Florida, that was the first time moving down there. The car was filled with stuff. Like I had one bike and that was it. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm driving to North Carolina. Luckily, somehow when the bike went to Knoxville, so did the bars and all the other pieces. So that was only going to be three hours from Blowing Rock. So I get home. It's 2.30. And I'm thinking, okay, I need to pack for the next who knows how long. And it's, you know, when you get back from a four-hour ride, you're ready to chill. I had like this like actually like relaxing afternoon plan. I was like, maybe I'll go to the pool. I'm like going to do, I'm going to finish my athletes. I'm going to, let me think, I'm going to think of something good to make. Like this is just going to be such like a calm, like chill night. I'm pumped. So I thought, you know, I, I was riding back and I'll actually, I feel almost like a loser verbalizing this, but I'll be honest. I thought to myself, like, I am not ready to go pack. Like it's like contacts, all the little stuff, but then it's like, also bring your passport. What if you have to fly some, like things pop off, but don't forget to pack this thing. And you've got this thing. And there's those like checks that you have to, two places is great. Two places also has a little headaches, which is such a BS problem. Cause I'm riding back. I'm almost to the con. I'm like, man, I'm not ready to do this. And then I thought, you know what, Brendan, what if somebody was like, Hey, Oh, grab a bag. We're going to Poland, like things in Ukraine, right? Just other actual problems that people have. And then actually that perspective, I was like, okay, game plan changed. Curveball thrown. Let's just get on base here. So I got home and I just started, okay, let me pack the bike stuff. So I went to the bike locker. I'm like, okay, I need this, 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 this. Got it. Got all the bike gear. Then I was like, damn, I need like civilian clothes also. And it's cold. Oh my God. So Because all I've been wearing is shorts and a t-shirt. It's been the cold days, it's 70. The hot days, it's 90. And now I'm like, wait, what do I wear when it's 45? Do I need pants? And you're tired, your brain. Like, I remember I was looking in the closet and I was like staring at these sweatshirts. I'm like, do I bring two sweatshirts or one? Two or one? I was like, oh my God, I'm tired. So get it all together. Get the dog ready. Wake up at four. We're on the road before 5.30. And I'm thinking, Blowing Rock, I'm going to be there before 5 p.m., 8 a.m. hits, and this is not. This actually really isn't a cycling podcast, but kind of is. 8 a.m. hits, the engine light. There, it actually wasn't even the engine light. An exclamation popped up and said, "Check your oil," and it was like very direct. And I was like, "That's not good." And I, you know, I pulled the dipstick out, and I always, for some reason, even when it's good, I have a hard time really telling when it's dialed in, especially when something just said, "Yo, your car's jacked." And I looked and I'm like, maybe that is pretty low. Am I burning oil? There's only 4,500 miles in this car. Well, I better stop. 
I stop. They don't have my air filter. I go by the air filter. I go back. We change the oil. The guy's like, I think the oil was good. And I'm like, well, why did you change it? It took me an hour and a half to be here. We finally get back on the road, literally get on the hire. I'm like, here we go. And it's like, boom, dead stop, 20 minute thing. And Google didn't give me a heads up. And I was like, nah. So I hit so many 15 to 20 minute delays. I finally just veered towards Knoxville, got there at 9.30 PM and said at this rate, by the time I unpack the dog, do everything, get a hotel room, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be 1030. Let's just crank this out. Got within 20 miles of blowing rock. And I drove into a cloud and I drove 20 miles for the last 20 miles an hour for the last 10 miles. It was another half an hour. It was, I was like, dear God, please just get me home at this point. Walked in the door and it was the, it was a very long trip. So I'm a little out of it. Concentration, I think, like you said before, was the biggest thing that just zapped the energy. That's actually what Tom said. Because I said, I was like, dude, I was wrecked yesterday. I don't know what's going on. But needless to say, that's why I'm in North Carolina. And I'm going to bring my bikes to the bike shop. They're back open on Tuesday. So I think I'm going to stay here, though, and do App State Omnium. Then go to Clemson and do the Clem. It's not called Clemson Omnium. It's called something else, but it's at Clemson, South Carolina. I heard it's a badass course, and hopefully spring comes. Now I'm in awesome, that boat. Dude. I've been telling everybody, head down till spring, and now I'm like, oh, I'm only here for two days, <laughs> and I'm sweating. I'm not sweating. I'm freezing. Yeah, it's tough. So wait, um, so, so you got the, so the BMC. Mm-hmm. Did you get that custom painted? No, I wish I did. I okay. had it silicone or whatever where they put like a super thin non there's like no weight to it so you can just rinse it and everything just drips off and i also had them put on then something that does have a little bit of weight i think it's i forget how many grams enough grams i don't care that if i decide to go frame bag i can put it on it won't take the paint off because those frame bags kill the paint yes and it's just not a good look so that's how i got to knoxville Shout out to Moab Bike Shop. They're the ones that acquired the bike for me months ago. And I just didn't have any rush to build it up in Florida where the salt and just grime eats up the bikes down there. So, you know, it's great to be back here. Florida's cool. Uh, I love North Carolina, though. Open roads. I'm not forced to ride at 530 in the morning. I have options. I can ride whenever I want now. I I take that back. I can't ride early because it's super cold here right now. But I'm excited to go climb some things. I think if today works out, it'll be over 7,000 feet of climbing, which is like two weeks of climbing in Florida. Haven't climbed a hill in a really long time, so that'll be fun. And just more variety. You know, the, the warm temps have been amazing. And kudos to people that can ride there all the time. I just start to struggle a little bit with it. But, you Dude, know. Those descents, those descents in the, in the cold, even in the afternoon, <clears throat> excuse me, it's still got to be cold, man. I'm sure you, you got to bring the vest with you. And does it still get cold though? It's a different, so it's not like 45 here feels warmer than 45 when I was in Memphis and feels, I think, warmer. Maybe it's similar to upstate New York, but yeah, I think the descents will be pretty chilly, but you know, you're getting a little warm. It's going to be, I'm curious how the layers go today. It's been, uh, again, shorts, jersey. I haven't even thought of arm warmers in since you guys all came at the end of January. It's just same thing every day. 
sun, don't forget the suntan lotion all over your body. Dude, I'll tell you what, that's another nice thing about riding Zwift now in, in the weather up here. Cause it's like, no, I don't think about it at all. Right. Put the bibs on, get on like that's, and that's nice. You know, it's weird. I actually was almost thinking of getting, so it's a 20 minute drive. I think down the road, I was almost going to get dressed here. So I won't forget anything. Cause I'm, I'm like, wait, what? I'm packing everything. I'm like leg warmers, arm warmers. And I'm going to bring this base layer. Well, I'll bring that one too, just in case. And this and that and blah, 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 blah. Cause you can't walk out the temperature here. I can't walk outside my house. It's 12 to 15 degrees colder. Again, I'm just picturing, I'm thinking of my nephew going to his hockey games with all of his equipment on. <laughs> it's like when you see people at the highway taking a pee, and I'm like, they're in their bibs already for a bike race. Why? <laughs> and I don't know. Real question like, do people have a problem changing in their car? They're embarrassed by that, or it, I don't get that. But, anyways, so I think, yeah, I was going to ride. From it says here at two o'clock, it'll be 44 degrees. It might get up to 50, which I, I don't think it feels like 10 will be 50. I think it'll be probably 45 because right now it's 34, it feels like 30. So, do I ride from one to 5 30 or two to 6 30? I mean, two to 6 30, man. Yeah, maybe I'll just get warmer. So, wait, so Landry made this route for you. How close is he? Is he pretty could, could, like, could you guys ride together? Oh, totally. we've ridden together. That's how we met. Okay. Yeah. You, he, I knew that, but I meant like on a daily basis. Uh, a daily basis. Yeah. If we did, you know, it takes me about 30 minutes to get to our meetup point, but we're very close. He's on a rest day today because he did a huge Zwift ride yesterday, I think. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to go down there if you want to ride. And so I did him one better. He, I said, we make me ride. And as I looked at the route, I was like, there's one called Cove Road and one's called Thug. <laughs> like, These are such funny names. I actually thought of you because of your awesome Zwift ride names. And he said, oh, by the way, the rule is you have to use the, whichever ride you use, you have to use the ride title in the Strava title if you're going to use my routes. I said, okay. He makes good routes. Landry's really into maps and route making. And so he took me on some cool, I'm excited to ride with him this year because I... While I love the, I don't like roads that have cars, which is one thing that I don't like about Florida. Here, there are some routes that people will give you, and it's, there's some like suspect roads, and they're like, yeah, that road sucks, doesn't it? I'm like, why do you ride on it? There's like 50 other routes that you could do, but it's the only way to get to this road. To me, I just don't go to that road. There's no road good enough to make me go on a bad road. That did my brain, I don't like that. So I have probably, there's like areas I go to. And then within each area, there's probably two or three little loops that I do. And I'm still getting them down. I suck with directions mentally. So I'm like, I'll go ride a route that I can see on the map and I know where I'm going. Then I'm on the road. I'm like, oh, it's this road. I love this road. It's so awesome. So it's kind of like a surprise. I, that will go away at some point, but it takes me a while. And since I have so many different roads here than in Florida, um, yeah, they're still totally new to me. But the other weird thing is when you leave somewhere, like I got back here and I was like, where's the silverware? Where is everything? I'm all disoriented. So yeah, so it's gonna be fun. I, I hope what spring about, comes. What about on that point? Did, have you found anything that you forgot? Um, I guess not found, not found something that you forgot. 
I didn't bring the microphone, which I probably should have brought. And I, I was pretty thorough with the bike stuff, I think. So, so far, so good. Nice. I think, yeah. Yeah. So what else else you got on the list, man? Hit me with some some ideas here. Dude, well, we haven't even hit one. I had, okay, here are the things on my list and you can pick which ones. How do you choose your bike races? That was a question somebody asked me. Is it based on physiology or what's good for you? What do you do if you skipped base work? I had a comment on when a two hour ride becomes a 45 minute ride, lifting and fatigue, changes I'm making to lifting, peaks and troughs, why you should have a varied diet of training, sprinting when you just start. My indoor experience we kind of hit on. Oof. Um, uh, this I'm going to jump in on. Not having somebody made a comment to me. Just they had an endurance ride and I had no pop today. My first question was, "Well, how the hell would you know it's an endurance ride? You should not be popping." But I kind of know what they mean. You get up and you're like, "Ooh, this is gonna be like I'm a little tired." He had a hard ride the day before and lifted. And I just wanted to make the comment that those days when you go out for an endurance ride and you really can only ride endurance, tempo feels a little tough. You're du- like, if you went to do threshold, you have like a two minute threshold and you know, you're giving it all but like, that's okay. That's why there is an endurance day there. You're not supposed to have pop all the time. I have, and it's always specific. I was like, dude, I have no pop. There's no pop today. I'm like, you're not, you just did wait. You just raced this past weekend. We had you hammer a hard ride on Tuesday. Why do you want pop? You just crushed yourself. Like you need to be doing endurance and not popping, no popping, no locking, none of that. <laughs> what do you think about that? I had that exact comment on an athlete recently. And this person said, I'm really happy. It was an endurance day today. I really didn't have anything in the legs. And I was like, Exactly. Like, cause you ride too hard all the other days. Like you got to make your hard days hard. So then you look forward to like, Hey, this is endurance. Just go ride. You know, I know I always say just go ride, but just go ride endurance. Just go ride. And if it's low endurance, that's okay too. get the muscle contractions in. Doesn't have to be, I'm ride most of my endurance at let's get the exact percentages here. Yeah, like 67 to 70%. All right, we've talked about this before. It's also the percentage I think are skewed because it's a, um, you know, the, the absolute value of watts is more as your FTP gets higher. But still, anyways, you don't have to be targeting 75% as the average. And also, if you're going for 75% as the average, you're riding a lot of tempo also to make the average. So, yeah, just just ride. No pop is fine. Um, and then talking about steady state versus over-unders. And another thing that was just a comment. Somebody made a comment to me. Really sorry I didn't ride on Monday. I care that I care about the reason why you didn't train when you choose not to train. Like I care if it's like, hey, somebody died and did it like that's horrible. But if you're like, hey, screw it, didn't train. Sorry. Don't apologize to your coach. We're here to help you. This is you. This is your training. Don't do it for me. Do it for you. I do this for me. I never apologize to Tom. I just tell him what happened. I'm like, yo, dude, didn't didn't train today. This is why. This is how I'm feeling, blah, blah, blah. I know Tom's not crying if I miss his session because, you know, so remember, this is your 
trajectory. This is your ship. This is, you are the boss. We are here to help you in every way possible. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to yourself if you blew it off for a silly reason, but to get after it. I'm with you, man. I think sometimes people maybe come into that coaching relationship and think that there's like two, like they're on the opposing side of us. Not that it's like head to head, but it's just like that there's this expectation in our mind. And it's like, Hey man, like we're on your team here, dude. Like I'm like, you're, I'm the cap. I want, I'm, I want what's best for you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I get more pumped up sometimes about people. I, sometimes I forget to leave people comments. <laughs> They're like, yo, did you see that ride? I was like, oh, dude, I got so pumped up about that PR that I was like, on to the next file. Let's see what happened to this one. And, da, da, da. and it, I get more excited sometimes when people are crushing because I know it's going to help them hit their goals. And that's what an athlete though said to me one time. They said, you got to remember everyone. You must know that everyone doesn't have the same uh, like exuberance towards cycling. I really like how he said it that you're going to same passion for cycling. I was like, no, I totally get that. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I tell people when we do the PFA and I first get to get introduced to a new athlete and you know, it's like, Hey, where's, where's cycling on your totem pole? Because some people are like, dude, I'm just trying to do this grand bondo. It's like, cool, great. I know what your expectations are. I know what you expect of yourself. I'm going to help you do this. So we take your ship this way. And you know, uh, people, yeah, people have very different passions for the sport, but anyways, what's, um, anything else that I rattled off there stick out to you? Well, to- I wanted to go back to that first question about picking races. Yeah. I think there's some, there's a plenty of different ways to look at that. I'm saying like where you are in your racing career or what you're going for. Um, I'm thinking for me personally, I do the races that I've done before that I really enjoyed, you know? And if, if I'm traveling, like, do I really want to travel to this? Um, or maybe some new ones that friends have recommended, stuff like that. Some, something new and exciting or, or, or old that I know is going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the old ones to me are the ones like I really want to go back and do Bloomfield in upstate New York at some point. And I don't know when that will be. But the, the guy's actual question was, hey, I'm trying to decide on my first race of the year. I'm touring be- between... The High Country Classic in Boone, which for those that don't know is an Omnium with a road race and a crit, or the Hidden Cabby Crit Series. I really can't decide. How do you choose the races for yourself? You've mentioned that you prefer road racing. Is that something to do with the physiology or just a preference? Personally, I find cyclocross and TTs the easiest for myself. I do okay at crits, but the couple of road races that I've done have been riddled with disasters like a snap chain and a flat tire in the first mile. Any advice is appreciated. So I really said to him, well, which one sounds the most fun? It sounds like you I was really... Just, I was just going to say that, dude. Yeah, like you're traveling. What, what do you want to do? Yeah, it's, uh, and maybe, you, maybe he doesn't know yet. So I said, it sounds like you haven't really had a chance to do a road race yet. And you said you like to do crits. So maybe you would go to Boone. You could do a crit and a road race. And then, so I choose based off fun. I choose off the biggest that has the most prestige that also correlates with fun, like nationals, masters, nationals, any big pro road race that are kind of dying now for amateurs to get into. But I naturally like longer road races. Um, To me, the physiology is more about how you will win, not if you can win. Okay. So if there's a hill finish like Rhone grown where Nate Brown and Steven Bassett are going to be chasing people down from rally and huge guns on a, is it a seven mile climb? I can't, it's a long climb. 
there is a great chance that I am not going to win that race. <laughs> if I'm with those guys, there is a 0.001% chance. Maybe they both flat or they get the broken chain and everyone else gets washed out by a landslide. And I'm the only person left. <laughs> I'll make it to the top before everybody. I'm still going to go because my physiology on paper doesn't look good, but maybe I can sneak away with four guys and ditch somebody and we get up the road and Nate and Steven don't want to pull and they're the rally guys and everyone makes them do all the work. And all of a sudden us five have five minutes and it's like, wait a minute, what just happened? And now it's like me versus four dudes. I've been to plenty of races where my physiology on paper would be a great race. And I come in 43rd because the racers make the race and it's a bike race. So many things happen. So I do not pick based off physiology. And I've mentioned this race 500 times because it's like my biggest pat on the back to myself of Fort McClellan pro race, where I came in ninth behind Neil Henderson with like the Padilla brothers and Eric Marcotte and just freaking hit squad um, it was when Johnny Purvis saw my result. He's like, Oh, that, that dude's a bike racer. Okay. That guy's pretty good. Um, and on paper, a five minute climb with those guys is probably not my best bet. The reason I got in that position was when I saw alarm bells going off, like, well, there's a lot of dudes hitting this hard. I went as hard as I possibly could and made a break of 25 people that rode away and we never see it, saw everybody ever again. So you just got to be smart. It's not just Watts. How many times do you say it? It's not just Watts. So I'm curious. This guy didn't respond back yet, but it'll be interesting to hear what race he ends up doing. And I think he should do the Boone one. Let, let me ask you this, man. I got another a second part to this question. Yeah. What about going to races for the training aspect? Yeah, totally. Yes. Like I know training through a race or training to learn tactics or the more you're not going to be good at racing. If you race three times a year in most people, I don't want to make a general generality. Maybe you race motocross and you have this like sixth sense. You already know how to race. Racing is a cluster racing is there's so many little things from registration to getting there to actually towing. So many things happen before the race starts, then you have to deal with the race. And then there's all these other people that just went through that whole myriad of possible things. And so, yeah, racing is really good. Understanding the tactics is really good. I tell people what we want to find out is let's race as much as possible, but that it doesn't burn you out. And so I've had people who in the beginning, they, you know, it's February and they want to do every race. And so I look at this race and I said, this race is pretty far from their house. I said, who's going to, who are you going to this race with? They're like by myself, who are you meeting there? Nobody. Cool. What do you think about this? You're going to drive seven hours. You're going to be by yourself all weekend. Are you cool coming home Sunday night with a bad result? If that happens and you've just raced the past three weekends. I just want to let's be let's talk about this or do you want to do a ride with your friends out your back door and maybe we take a break for a weekend and they're like well I thought I had to race a lot I'm like you just did you sometimes you just have to remind me you just raced three weekends in a row that's amazing now maybe you pump the brakes a little bit it's April we we want to still do this in you know August because guess what happens after June there's a lot of people that get tired and they're just not into it as much everybody comes out hitting 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 and if you're trying to upgrade, I think the end of the summer, this is a, I think the end of the summer is a great time to try to go out for some extra points. 
unless it's been a really bad winter and then everyone's kind of been delayed and then everyone's kind of doing the same thing. But sometimes, you know, pick and choose. You can be strategic in how you get upgrade points. But uh, so, yeah, I think training through races is good as long as it's not burning you out. Agreed, man. I like it. What else? Uh, and that on that point, or another question? What were some Next other ones? One. I'm sorry, I, I what do you do if you what one. happens? So Joey just called you. He's like, "Yo, dude, <laughs> there was a, a Joey sign in Florida that I tried to get a picture of, and I missed it. And it was like 5:30 in the morning. It was a big, oh, it was a big sign that said Joey." And it was dark, so that the camera was like, you know, doing its thing. I'm like, I'll get it next time. And it was a car dealer. And I went by the next time, and they had put Volvo bought the dealership, I guess, and put new signs over. Like, oh, I missed the Joey sign. <laughs> so Joey calls you for the PFA, and you're like, dude, okay, so we're going into race season. You haven't done base at all. Mm, what were you doing? Well, I don't know. I wasn't really sure. Da, 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 da. You know, he's kind of been doodling around on some Zwift, maybe did a few too many races. What do you do? What do you do with him? Well, I think see what his priority races are. His, he wants to upgrade. He's a cat four and he wants to get his cat three. Well. Keep asking the questions that you would ask him. I need to look at the, what's your race calendar look like? When mm-hmm. are these races? So they're going to um, be, well, I mean, I'm flexible. I don't really have a team. I'm going to say probably there's some in, there's two in May. I think I saw one in June and I remember my friends talking about some like end of summer, but you know, I just want to be able to ride. Like I want to also crush locally. I want to, I want to get better and they be able to ride with fast people. Well, what's your work schedule like? Can we get some endurance, some volume in early now? Like if we're just getting together? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing kind of like a eight to three type job. So I could also get out early every once in a while. I've really only done, I mean, three hours is a long ride for me right now. Okay. I mean, that's not bad. I think that, I think we can work with that. I, I do think that you need, if you're going to go right into racing, we should need to get some intervals in there. So maybe it's not like a traditional base. It's definitely not going to be. Um, but yeah. Bingo. I think just- Dude, bingo. I like that's it it's not going to be traditional sometimes people get so caught up with what is well i've read this blog i've read your blogs that i'm like dude guess what that ship sailed this is where you're at now look forward like you want to go race let's get in some races let's attack and sorry to cut you off like you excited me when you said it's not that's not going to be the traditional way because i get these comments like well i've read that i'm supposed to do it this way you cannot go back in time <laughs> it's not possible now you know what you're gonna do for next season but now just focus on this season. You got to do some hard intervals. You can't just show up. We can't do base now and show up to this race and expect to just be like, I'm going to go hard. So I didn't mean, you, you, know, you got me really excited on that. we that point of like what you're going to do for next season. Um, I've never kept like a traditional, I mean, I keep notes and training peaks and stuff, but I think there's something to be said for keeping a training diary about like, okay, Hey, I need to, I need to go back to this. Even if it's on your phone with notes or whatever of like, okay, next year, like I came out feeling really flat. I need to start two months earlier you know i need to start base two months earlier or end the season earlier or something um something that you can reflect on i would put the note in training peaks forward so i'm putting one in there now don't race in december and january ecuador was super cool coming back and then doing this race three weeks later it kind of like just messed up my flow i didn't stop training and it didn't alter anything except for the fact that i went to this race I didn't need that race. 
I it was fun to go race, but it was like after that race, the continuity and fluidness of my training through January and February and into March was really nice. I started to just feel really good and hitting a nice stride that I don't think it helped me to go race. So I'm going to make a note, leave those early ones out. It's, I don't need it, you know, and also fuel that hunger. If you want to go right, fuel that hunger to race. So I, my last comment. And then I think the next podcast, I want to talk about lifting and fatigue. I want to talk about peaks and troughs, over-unders and steady state sprinting. When you just start, and familiarity and training and then anything that you have to add cycling is not all or nothing it is i had this two-hour ride scheduled i didn't get that window and i didn't do it and so i said did you have 45 minutes and they said yes and i said why did you not ride then because that workout said two hours wow that is the same thing as you on the flip side I posted a video on Instagram. You're going to go do a four-hour gravel event and your template tells you to ride an hour and a half and you have more time to ride and you don't do it because this little thing says, nope, you stop here. Whereas now you're looking at it and saying, oh, you have to ride two hours. I love when people are like, hey man, sorry. Okay, don't apologize to me. Sorry, I had this window. I took it. It was only 50 minutes. That is infinitely better than zero. And that's what I told myself yesterday. I'm like, something's not right. I've got 40 minutes. I did a hella circuit. I think I actually need to do some more abduction, adduction work. Maybe we could talk about that. Well, I'll talk about when I talk about lifting. It was what it was. I got an hour and a half of working out in. It was not what I had planned. It was infinitely better than if I had said, meh, screw it. And I wake up today and I hadn't done anything yesterday. It's not all or nothing. Do what you can do. Every day is not going to be perfect. And training peaks is not the Bible. People get caught up in that, man. I think it's easy. And then, you know, the other, cause I'm guilty of this too. You get caught up in that and then you get on Strava and you're like, dude, Joey pants did four hours and I, I didn't do anything today. And it's just, and it leads to like this, you know, a lot of my athletes talk about momentum and you like it cuts off that momentum, you know, keep the momentum going. Yes, totally. Keep the momentum going by, Go do some goblet squats and hey, I don't have I don't have a kettlebell in my house. Go do 40 air squats, then do some planks, then do some air deadlifts that actually like still triggers the neuro, you know. Uh do some elevated split squats, look up some like random things, do that, and do half an hour of something. It, these goose eggs are not acceptable. You are better than that, and you can you can find 30 minutes and I don't care if it's five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, and five minutes. That might be it, but there is 30 minutes in your day or you're just being lazy. I'm going to say it. And you don't, and, and you, you know don't want to get up early, you know go helps? to bed later. I know every, yeah, I was going to say, I know everyone's different. People have different, you know, personal schedules and everything, but if things are happening in your life where it's like the day goes on and you lose time, it's not going to happen. And that window closes get up earlier, you know, like, and see, and, and maybe you can do it on Zwift or, or do a gym workout early or something, you know, like it, it, it also, I think for me personally, it makes the day so much better. I'm like, workout's done. Yeah. Yeah. There has never been an athlete. I would almost, now I can't say this for sure. Cause I've been coaching people for a long time. I don't think there's ever 
anyone that said, I really regret waking up early and getting that workout in. Man, my day felt so good. God, I love riding early. Man, how much did I get done before 7 a.m.? It's like, it's nuts. And don't get me wrong, Florida, when I had to ride early and I'd wake up and I'd say, oh, man, I do not want to get up right now. I'm like, cars or no cars. I'm like, it's either now or it's a crappy ride. I'm like, okay, go do it. There are days today, it's cold. Am I super pumped to pack up the car and go out there? No, but I know when I'm out there, it's like going to a summer camp that you're sort of like, eh, I don't really know if I want to go hang out with Joey and his friends from this other town. I'd rather stay at home and play baseball and whatever. You get to camp and it's not that bad. Just get going. You know, to have momentum, you have to get going. And that's the biggest thing. Momentum is huge. I have surgeons. I have surgeons. Sur- and maybe if you're not in the medical field, you don't understand how busy these people are. That it's, you know, we take Monday as a rest day. Tuesday is a kettlebell only day because it's like what he can get done. Then he's in the office and most of the working out, the, the, the schedule's not great, but it's like maybe a ride Wednesday. It's a ride Wednesday, but then Thursday has to be off. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's like this lopsided schedule. You make it work like, okay, we're going to kettlebell here. We're going to ride here. Now there is this caveat that maybe you can get out early on Friday and the weather's turning. So you ride here and we were to do Saturday. And like, you kind of have to, those are athletes that you have, you know, they pay more to be more, you know, like having you shift things around and figure it out and keeping the hours up and the right intensity at the right times. But if surgeons and CEOs and everyone is busy, that is my, I, I personally, I can't say when someone's like, sorry, didn't get back to you. I've been slammed. Everybody's slammed. Everybody is busy. They're okay. There's maybe some like stoner sitting in a room who's maybe not that busy. Most human beings are really busy trying to accomplish their thing. So if people can figure it out, you can too. And I don't say that to be demeaning or put people down. I want to encourage you to just figure it out. Trust me, you can do it. It Life gets crazy sometimes, but when you get that done and it's like another just like little gold star on your day's docket done and it's making you better for those group rides that you want to do or riding with your friends, the people in your neighborhood, whoever, or a bike race, it'll be so worth it. 100%. It's a good place to stop. Let, when can we do the next one? What's your schedule these days? Um, next, maybe, maybe a weekday. Um, but I could definitely do, I don't think I have anything next weekend. I got to check, but yeah, maybe next weekend. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Thanks for doing this. Talk Dude, thank you. you have a good ride. Yeah, you already rode. I'm glad you had a good ride. I'm going to go take a nap. It's going to be great. Awesome. Enjoy. See you, man. Bye.